Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. All right. Um, Today's guest... (laughs) This is funny and I laugh about it every single time I say this on my podcast, but um, I have talked about joyful marketing more on this podcast than like anything else. (laughs) Are you in joyful marketing? (laughs) Yeah. And I have like a million links to Simone and joyful marketing and like everything. So anyway, we met through one of Simone's programs she ran, which I think I've referenced on other episodes, summer camp. Wasn't that how we met? Yeah. In summer camp. Yeah, totally. Um, so today's guest, Morgan Barbrett, is am I saying that right? Yeah. Awesome. Um shared in the group that we were in that she um did some work around finding balance between social justice and caring for mental health. And I was like, ding, 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 <laughs> podcast guest. <laughs> So today's conversation is just going to be about that. Like, how do we stand up for, if you like the language, fight for, advocate for, be a part of any kind of social justice movement and take care of our well-being? Because it's not easy. (laughs) I'll just say it is a balance. Um, So welcome, welcome. I will let you do a little introduction um, the way that feels right for you today. And then we'll just start chatting because it always goes okay. good places. Okay. Um, yeah. My name is Morgan Barbrett. I am a certified Martha Beck life coach and also an ACC, like ICF certified coach. I love working with passionate people who want to make a positive impact on the world without sacrificing their mental and emotional health. Um, and as you mentioned, I run a group called Tightrope Club which is basically a collection of different um, social justice advocates, most, mostly younger people like me. I'm 23 years old, um, so most of us are in our 20s. But all of us come from different social justice backgrounds. Some people are uh, passionate about women's rights. Some people are passionate about voting rights or criminal justice reform or disability advocacy, LGBTQ+. Um, there's a whole range of us uh, there. Nobody's really focused on the same thing, but um, the the subject still applies that all of us are trying to fight for a better world, a better society. Um, And along the way, way, there's plenty of things that are uh, discouraging, you know, kind of like one step forward, two steps back, and you still have to be able to keep kicking and you still have to be able to like keep fighting for a better society and and it's tough to do that um but definitely having having community with one another and talking about those things helps us sustain that ah oh, so good so good you must learn so much being a leader like in a place of leadership in that group because the thing about any justice work is we can't like to be, I think, to be effective, we've got to like pick our lane and kind of like go in, like focus mm-hmm. in on it with an awareness of all the other justice issues that influence, um, you know, the intersections of it all. But 
we can't know it all about everything and you must learn so much from all these different um all these this collective of people that's really awesome (laughs) yeah I mean since since all of us have such limited time it really I mean and it does take a lot of time to get like very familiar and confident with anyone's social justice issue so it's it it's cool to be able to learn the bits and pieces from these other subjects when when my my main focus is like criminal justice reform um and like reducing mass incarceration. Um, so I can speak to that, but everybody else that comes into the group then can speak to their things. And so then I feel more uh, culturally and socially and activistly or social justicely competent yeah. because of my connections and community with these other individuals. That's so good. And nothing is disconnected. So amazing, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I feel like for my audience, there's definitely a wide range of interests, probably like an, like lots of people listening with different um, like passions around social mm-hmm. justice. But cool. we have a, obviously a lot of like reproductive justice, um, women's, you know, anything related to women's health or women's rights, um, LGBTQ. How, if I have a listener, who is finding themselves a little burnt out by the work or is finding themselves like, what are the kind of red flags you talk about to have someone like slow down, find balance again, take care of their mental health? Like, cause I think that when we're in this work we can very easily miss the sign where we've like gone too far out of our own well-being and slipped like into the work versus like remembering we are human and we need to take care of ourselves. Yeah. So yeah, what do you see? Well, I think, you know, and and both both you and I, Amanda, have like learned about, you know, the whole central nervous system activation and things like that 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 obviously Simone uh, talks about frequently. But I think at, at any point, when you notice yourself getting activated and being Mm. in a place of like spiraling and thinking, oh my gosh, the world is so terrible. Like, obviously we we have a right to feel that way because there are some, you know, horrible, like very just factually terrible things. (laughs) But when, when all you can think about or see is how bad things are and and you're not in a place of like, okay, what am I going to do about it? If you're just in a place of anxiety, if you're just in a place of stress, tightness in your chest or your mm. you notice your thoughts are just like going bam 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 one after another that's your sign mm-hmm. and it's so like we're like most of us get to that place quickly yeah so so I guess when you boil it down like pretty much at all times are times to care for ourselves and yeah. make sure that we're <laughs> <That's true. laughs> that we're that we're <laughs> returning to a baseline or returning to a groundedness or returning to a place where we feel we can act out of integrity with our values without like acting or reacting from a place of fear yeah that's so good um I think it's funny I just posted on Instagram I don't know when this will get released but like today I posted on Instagram that I ran like my last pair of contacts tore in half and my glasses are like super old prescription. I can barely see through them. They're oh, like, I saw the, that post. <laughs> yeah. The metal is like digging into my nose. <laughs> I was like, 
boy, I advocate a lot for like self-care and taking care of your, you know, your emotions and your mind and your like awareness and perspective. And I'm doing a really shitty job taking care of my body. (laughs) So what I was going to say is like, I often myself get this like idealistic, like integrate like this idea that I can integrate self-care and staying grounded and then every once in a while there's this thing that comes up like eyeglasses where I'm like oh I was way off the mark on that like (laughs) I might be taking care taking care of myself as in like remembering to just slow down and not hustle and like surrender and trust and listen and observe but sometimes we get like way off the mark so what are some of your favorite practices for like just integrating grounding and and awareness and well-being into like your regular daily life <laughs> so they don't get lost on you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's different for everybody. I think that probably the key thing um, for integrating it like frequently enough is that you have to find the things that are enjoyable to you. Like mm-hmm. you have to find the things that you know feel good so that there's no like discomfort or resistance when it's time to do it. So if I say, oh, like the way that I'm going to take care of myself is I'm going to wake up at, you know, 6 a.m. and go work out when I don't want to do that. And that doesn't sound fun to me. <laughs> that, is not, that, is, that is not what I'm going to do. No, yeah. I'm not like, for me, like my, my like home-based form of self-care, two things in the morning usually is I, I love, there's few things that I love more than iced tea. I don't know why I'm such a mm. fan of it. But like, I, I love iced tea, peach tea, ginger tea, whatever. And so I'll like, I'll make a cup of iced tea in the morning. And that's like time that I have with myself. I'm not doing other things. I'm not checking my phone, just enjoying my iced tea in the morning. And then I had a coach of mine make me like this uh, mala, which is like a beaded necklace. And when, when somebody makes one for you, usually like the, the types of beads that they choose are meant to like like have a meaning with them. And so yeah. mine specifically was like, be grounded and own your power basically. Mm. And so I'll sit with that. I'll sit my tea. I'll be with my, my mala and just like, almost like, it's like, if you were like orienting like a compass or like figuring out which direction like you want to be heading in, like think about what kind of state you want to be in mm. and allow yourself the time to sit with it and not do anything else. Um, so I, I enjoy that, but for somebody else, if they like nature and well, I think most human beings like, like (laughs) nature when they actually get out into it, because that's just naturally good for our bodies. Um, but you know, if, if taking a walk is something that's grounding for you, make it that like some people may not like may find sitting with a, you know, a beaded necklace, be like, this is, this doesn't resonate with me. And you, so don't do that. Whatever it is that allows you to get to a calm place that allows you to be with yourself without creating additional anxiety, like you just have to find your thing. But yeah. if you don't enjoy it, then you're not going to be able to convince yourself to do it regularly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if I go back to my ridiculous, um, eye care situation now that I'm looking back, like every time I went to put in like dirty contacts or like put on my glasses and was like, those are really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So there's I resistance ignored, there. Yeah. Like there was so much resistance that I was not prioritizing. And it's just a good reminder to be like, 
you've, you know, it's been telling you all along, pay attention to me, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. And I was not paying attention. So if we're really honest with ourselves and we just like get quiet and ask like, what in my life is creating resistance? What in my life Mm -hmm. is, is, you know, whispering or begging or screaming for my attention at this point, Mm -hmm. I hit the screaming part. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, just like getting quiet, whether it's with your beads or with your iced tea or with your coffee or actually meditating. Um, I mean, all of that kind of is meditation, but like, I like sitting down and, you know, getting quiet and meditating. Um, yeah, I love that. Just find what you enjoy and what works for you. We actually, I hosted a women's retreat once and I like to integrate into retreats. I like to integrate like different senses. And so I always have like Mm -hmm. some kind of project we do. And we knotted our own mala necklaces one time. Oh, that's fun. I love it. We all had to figure out like how to, because there's that special knot between every bead and you're kind of like setting the intention as you do the work. So I love that you said that. That made me smile. (laughs) Well, well, and let's say, for example, you know, you have a listener that is wanting to find their thing, their, their thing that is comfortable and enjoyable, their sustainable form of like regular self-care. If, for example, somebody tries something and they're still having a hard time getting themselves to do it. So let's say you're, you're trying to, you know, take care of your, your eyes and you don't want to deal with your glasses. Then I think the question to ask is like, how can I make this more pleasurable for me? How can I make this more enjoyable? So like, if, and I can't speak for you and your glasses, but if I don't like my pair of glasses, I need to get a new pair of glasses. <laughs> like I, I need to get some that I actually am excited to put on my face. I actually, I love my glasses. I, I just got some green ones. Nice. I had like a very feminine color before, um, but the green was like more naturey, more yeah. like, I don't know, vibey with, with what I was going for. And that like, it sometimes just a small shift like that, a little difference in style, a little difference in the approach, uh, maybe sometimes even a difference in like the time of day that you're doing something that can be enough Mm -hmm. to reduce the resistance enough for you to be able to take care of yourself more. Yeah. Does this feel good? Such a good question. Yeah. And Um, if it doesn't, it's not your fault. It just means that it's time to make a minor adjustment and test it and see if it works. Yeah. And I think like so many of us are like, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that, whatever it is. And it's just like, for me, it's a reminder. This is how I sustain like my justice, like my social justice work in the world. This is how I create the vision of the society I believe is possible. This is how it's not like the extra thing that you do Uh, when you have time. It's like, this is how you fuel that passion for a better humanity, for more love, for, yeah. Yes. And let me be clear, small like moments, just being by yourself is not enough to sustain social justice work. It's not like meditating in the morning is not enough. What I believe is most important for people to have to to fight against larger systems of power and oppression is you have to have community with other people. So you have to be able to be interacting with other human beings and feel supported in the work that you're doing because if you're yes. doing it all alone and it's just you sitting on your couch fighting for social justice and like doing it alone without any interactions, you're gonna burn out. You have to have other people to turn to and talk to. And yeah. also having, um, being almost like connected or embedding yourself in the, 
art and music that is commentary on the social justice topic that you have. Like if you can mm. find ways that people are creatively expressing and interpreting the social justice issues of your time and even in the history of the social justice issues that you have, then you can feel grounded in the roots of this complex issue. Yes. It's not just us right now in this moment that are fighting for, you know, whatever it is we're fighting for. There's a whole history behind it. Yeah. And there's a whole, you know, stack of people that had to stand up and, and comment and fight and make millions of choices for us to even stand on the issues we're standing on right now. I love that. It actually reminds me of making the, um, of beating the necklaces at the retreat because I love that you brought in this creativity, cool. <laughs> it's like creativity factor. It's like there is artistic, creative expression that will help like integrate what you believe in into your system. Yeah. So whether mm -hmm. it's creating it yourself or receiving other people's creative expression, like that's such an important part of like the whole picture of whatever you're working on. I yeah. love that. I love that. Yeah. Like I like to listen to, you know, like hymns that were sung in like the civil rights movement, like, like listening wow. to like a recording of people chanting. Uh, like things that they would chant to try to lift themselves up as they're fighting for these things. So I yeah. think it's like, um, I think it's like Fannie Lou Hamer, like a civil rights activist. And she would sing this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's like a whole, you know, YouTube playlist of like things that she would sing. And it just like, it hits different. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel connected. It makes you feel stronger. And it's something that you don't get. Uh, you will not get energy that you cannot create sitting by yourself thinking about how do I want Ugh, to feel. I love this so much. It's like not only connecting to other people living, breathing, like doing the work next to you, but just connecting to the entire movement. And yeah, yeah, that is so beautiful. And now like, you imagine like, how much like strength can come from that. I know. Yeah, that's amazing. So it's like you're tapping into the collective consciousness of it all yeah um exactly yeah that's so beautiful um this this little story came up when a little while ago but I just a friend of mine just accepted a job at a um at a school like a local school and she was just telling me yesterday I sat down with the principal and I said if I do not swim in the mornings you will not get <laughs> a functioning me. So mm -hmm. if I'm going to take this job, you need to let me, I forgot what it was, like come in a little later or leave a little earlier or something. And, um, and the principal was like, you've got it. It's yours. Mm -hmm. And she was saying how like in her forties, she would like stand up for herself and what she needed in, you know, in this case, it was like in an employment situation, but it could be in our individual businesses or whatever, volunteer work, um, that in her 40s, she was like, it was non-negotiable. It was like, if I don't swim, I'm not going to be able to teach. <laughs> yeah. And in her 20s, she would have been like, whatever you need, I'll come in early. I'll stay late. I will, you know, I'll, beat myself to the ground to complete the, mm -hmm. the mission of this job and like 
how some of this stuff we learn over time. And you're saying you work with a lot of younger, like I'm in mm-hmm. my 40s too, right? So you're working with a lot of um, younger people in these movements. And I think it's amazing that you're like kind of getting ahead of that. Like if she had learned that lesson in her 20s and not in her 40s, <laughs> what might her professional life, how might it have been different? So just like know yourself. And she knows she needs swimming. She knows she enjoys swimming. And she knows she's a better teacher when she swims. So yeah. if you want me to change kids' lives, you got to let me swim. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, well, thank you for the compliment. But but also I think that's a, you know, a testament to, to her growth and her like, <sighs> intuition and her self-awareness and that's you know that is something that we you know develop that gets stronger over time so I think that's a wonderful thing that like you know she got to a place where she could say that a lot of people spend their whole lives not being able to say that for some for themselves and not being able to say like I want function if this doesn't happen because I feel like they don't have a right to claim that for themselves um but it like it really is just an act of self-respect and love to, to lay, to like draw that line and say like, this is what I need. This is what my needs are. You either work with me or you don't. Yeah. 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 And it's like, I think we, we, um, we are very slowly (laughs) moving out of the place of if I need to swim to be a good teacher, something's wrong with me. Mm. versus like something is right with me because I know Mm. exactly what I need to do to be a good teacher and so like I think still so many people are are in the more of the place of I shouldn't need that Mm. extra time for myself I shouldn't um ask my boss for swim time I shouldn't whatever because that means something's wrong with me it's like no, actually nothing is wrong with you. It's completely right that you know what you need to do the work that you think is important in the world. Yeah, that reminds me of, um, I know, you know, some people have varying opinions on, on Byron Katie, but sometimes Byron Katie will say there is yeah. no should or shouldn't. It's because either it is or it isn't. Yeah. Either you need that time or you don't. And if you do, you do. There's no, you shouldn't need it yeah. because you do, period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you might not need it always. I always like to add like right now, like right now I need this. Doesn't mean that I will need it forever, but right now I need this and I'm honoring that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when our health fluctuates and our bodies fluctuate. Like I, you know, I've been experiencing some like stomach issues and stuff. And so my ability level, the things that I can do and the type of output that I can have for my work is very different than it was a couple years ago. And it's, and it's going to shift for everybody, regardless of, you know, health issues, just with age, like the way that we function and the way that we work and what our needs are are going to shift and change. And, you know, we're the only people that can recognize and name it and communicate it to get those needs met. Yeah. Okay. I have a question for you. Um, because I was just thinking about this, this week, really, like in the last few days, I've been thinking, oh, we hit that point again where everyone was revved up when Roe got overturned and like everyone had something to say about it and everyone wanted to do something about it and everyone wanted to make a difference and now it's just kind of fizzled out like Mm -hmm. of course like it's my world so I still see a lot of people talking about it but um in general 
when we are passionate about something, there's a, I don't have any answers. So I'm just trying to like, kind of talk it out mm-hmm. with you. There's, there's that passion. That's like, you get really fired up about something and you think you, you think it's your thing and you're going to like commit yourself to it. And then mm-hmm. there's that passion that's like, I know I can't change it all in any immediate like time frame, but I'm, it's like a more slow sustained, like there's no rush for me to do this work, but I'm going to keep showing up to it. Mm-hmm. So like as humans, I think we all have that, um, yeah. that like immediate reactive desire to do social justice work versus the more integrated sustainable desire to do social justice work so what if we are the person who tends to be very reactive but hasn't figured out how to actually integrate it any tips for that person (laughs) well when I think about where that energy is coming from I feel like you know it's, it's not something that just happens with social justice work it's something that happens where like people get little sparks of passion with all kinds of things like how many so people, true like, like I'm gonna write a book or I'm gonna yeah exactly yeah. that's the example I was gonna use like oh yeah. I like I have this idea for a book I want to write a book and then totally. like you know that like all of that like adrenaline or excitement burns out in two weeks and then it's not there anymore and then like yeah you know somebody who was like dead set on wanting to write a book might not even think about writing a book like a month later yeah that's such a good example um <laughs> So I think if there is an initial excitement about it, then probably that there's an indication that like something about social justice resonates with your values. Mm -hmm. Something about social justice resonates with your core, true, higher self. Um, But it is like we cannot depend on the adrenaline and the excitement to carry us forward through a whole movement because it's not always going to be there. Mm, We're not always going to feel that. Um, So in terms of sustaining it, you either have to reignite excitement for yourself by finding the things that inspired you in the first place and staying connected to those things that inspire you. Um, Or it could be more like less emotional and more like, uh, analytical and asking yourself every day, like, what, what can I do that would be aligned with my values? Mm -hmm. So I feel like the, the more sustainable and more fun one is to find ways to connect with what inspires you. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. And that comes back to like, um, this, the, none of this is work we can do on our own. Like if you're sitting on your couch, like drinking your iced tea and coloring, Mm -hmm. um, you're likely not going to (laughs) maintain the passion. You need the community of people and the exposure and that other people's creative ideas um, to keep like, one of my favorite mentors says a lot, we are heard animals like humans are herd animals like we this is social creatures yeah yeah we're (laughs) supposed to be doing this together and so um I love the way you said we cannot depend on adrenaline to keep us going um because I think a lot of us think it's so powerful when you're in the moment you think it's gonna like just give you everything you need because it's such Mm -hmm. an intense burning fuel 
but then it just fizzles out and we we you know it wouldn't be a healthy human state to be in that adrenaline state all the time so we have to find ways to like integrate it that are healthy and um and long-standing yeah yeah, well, and I actually, you know, when I was in college, I studied like motivation, but not not like motivation that's like uh, punishment or reward. I studied like internal, uh, like self self determination is what it's yeah. called, meaning that the motivation originates within yourself and doesn't yeah. come from external like pressures. Yeah. Um, and what I learned from studying that, and I specifically studied it in relation to social justice activists. And I applied the dominant theory of motivation theory, which is called self-determination theory. And basically what self-determination theory says is that there are three psychological needs that have to be met for a person to feel self-determined or feel intrinsically motivation, motivated. Mm. And, and I'll explain what these are, but they're autonomy, competence, and relatedness. Autonomy means that in order for you to feel motivated, you have to feel that you are personally, freely, autonomously choosing to participate in that. So if somebody else is pressuring you to Mm -hmm. advocate for an issue and you're not choosing to do it yourself, you're not going to feel intrinsically motivated to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. Part of autonomy is also having it be aligned with like your values and being a part of your integrity. If you feel like you are in integrity when you are advocating for social justice, which I think both you and I feel that's factor one, that's psychological need met. Factor number two is competence, meaning you feel like you actually like are capable of making a difference or feeling yeah. like you are capable right. of, of positively interacting with the material or, or if, if it was like writing a book, feeling like you have good enough writing skills or that you have the capability to learn the writing skills to write a book. And so a lot of times we'll have to feed our own competence by building ourselves up or connecting with people who build us up or by developing our skills, practicing, um, engaging with social justice so that we feel like we're not like, you know, just this person that doesn't know anything about the social justice issue. And therefore, you know, where do I have any room to talk? Yeah. So that's, that's factor number two. Factor number three is relatedness. And that's just community, feeling connected to other people yeah. In, yeah. in what you're doing. And when all three of those psychological needs are met, then generally you'll have sustainable intrinsic motivation to continue. That's so good. I love that. That's such a good way to check in too, is like when you start to feel yourself um, active, like you said at the beginning, activated, agitated, spiraling, just like constantly fast thinking um, to just do that check-in, like where in these three things do I need to recenter and reground? Like what, that's a good, good place to step back to, to sort of guide you again and guide you again. That's so good. Yeah. Is there anything you haven't talked about that you think might be important for, for my audience? Um, either specific to reproductive justice or just like, I don't know, anything you feel intuitively called to say before we wrap up? (laughs) Yeah, well, I think that the biggest thing, um, just, well, whether it be for social justice or for, you know, getting into integrity with yourself, finding your purpose, anything along those lines is that we have to be able to recognize or notice 
the difference between our, our true selves or our core selves and our socialized selves. So internally, like we, we have like, you know, our, our personality, our spirit, the things that feel really authentic that just like have always been a part of us. And then, you know, when you're growing up in society, there's plenty of beliefs and thoughts and ideas that have been basically pushed onto us that we've had to listen to and hear on replay over and over again, whether they're, you know, out loud or kind of subliminal, like, you know, when you're seeing like Victoria's Secret ads when you're little and it's like, oh, all of these, do you swear on your podcast? Oh yeah. <laughs> all these bitches are skinny. Why am <laughs> yeah. I not skinny? Like, yeah. you know, like, yeah. like those are, those are cultural messages that don't originate within ourselves. And therefore are our lives that can tear us away from our purpose. Mm. And so being able to notice when a belief that I'm having or a thought that I'm having is something that, that didn't come from me, that didn't originate within yeah. me, that came from somebody else pushing me down, came from some, you know, power or authority figure or, you know, <laughs> maybe a, a, a businessman trying to make money somewhere. Like if it came from them, it doesn't serve me. It's, it's probably not true. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love it. So really dissecting that um, is, and like a lot of that is just self-awareness, right. And like being mm-hmm. really aware of like um, where, where shit is coming from. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like was this so thought good. mine? Was this something mm-hmm. that I believe, or was it something that somebody has told me so many times that I started to believe it, even though it doesn't work for me? Yeah, yeah, awesome. All right, well, um, where can people find you if they want to keep keep learning and connecting with this work? Yeah, so my website is called Self Love Atlas. Um, nice. Just Self Love Atlas dot coach instead of like dot com c o m dot coach that's um, and my name's Morgan <laughs> yeah yeah when I saw that I I was like I'm absolutely making that my URL that's so good <laughs> um, but yeah and then just self-love atlas on Facebook self-love atlas on uh Twitter and Instagram and nice. yeah awesome well thanks for having this conversation with us and um I am sure there are lots of people who resonated with it and have takeaways that will that will change their lives Well, thanks for having me on. It's been fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.